I first offer my respects to my spiritual master, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who brought the process of devotional service, which features, as I've been explaining, the chanting of this mantra. And I'm going to speak a little bit more about the process of mantra meditation. If you'll allow me, host, whoever you may be, please uh, to share my screen. I'm going to show a few slides. Thank you. So what you see on the screen, mantra meditation, you are here, is a deliberate misspelling of the word here. And the reason is, well, it will, I'll explain that in just a minute, but I'd like to have you say, if you don't mind, what you think that means. Mantra meditation, you are here. Would anybody like to, posit a guess about what I meant. You have to hear the mantra. You are what you hear. Oh, but there's a lot of them. Okay, so it's Sukeshri, you said you have to hear. Oh, you have to hear the mantra. Okay, thank you. That's a, that is helpful because it's based on sound vibration. And did, did uh, Koludweet Pran, did you say something with somebody else? That you are here to hear the mantra, Hare Krishna. You are here to hear. Yes. Okay. That's Hare good. Hare Krishna. I Hare Krishna. Okay. I was thinking you once, I was remembering you once saying that you, uh, whatever you hear, uh, the sound vibration takes you to that place. So that therefore you are here to that, at that place, whatever you hear. Thank you. Who said that? I can't. I, I can't see everybody. It's it's me, Rohit. Oh, it's Rohit. No wonder. Thank you very much, Rohit. Rohit's on the ball. Okay, yes. I did say that before, and I'm going to say it again now. This is, uh, you know, play on words. You are here because you are here means you become what you hear, and you gravitate towards what you hear also. When we hear about a place, then we can develop the desire to go there. We don't even know about it before that, perhaps. But by hearing about a place, we can then uh, envision it in our minds and actually direct our energies towards going there. And according to the science of physics, there's a way in which everything in the universe has a particular vibration. And when we uh, attune our listening skills and put our attention to listening to particular kinds of sounds, it will shape our reality. And what is a realm? It's defined in the dictionary as a, a field of activity 
you may find yourself in a field of activity right now. If you look around, you'll see you have a little field. It may look like a room or maybe you're actually in a field somewhere. I see Garima's walking out in the in nature. She's almost literally in a field. And <laughs> Madhava Govinda is up in a Canadian field. So uh, we all end up in a certain place, in a field of activity. Actually, the word realm comes from Sanskrit Raj, which means to rule. And this concept comes up in, again and again in the Vedic teachings. <clears throat> And that is that the realms are defined by the quality of the sound that pervades them. Realms or fields of activity are defined by the quality of sounds that pervade them. Oh, there's a famous progression of mantras, or it's a mantra itself with a progression of descriptions of realms, Ombur Bhuvaswa. So there are various levels of this universe that we're in now that are described by Bhur Bhuvaswa. And there's a famous mantra from the Vedas called the Gayatri Mantra, which, which includes these three words that describe these realms. But what's the difference between them? The difference is the refinement of the sound vibrations there. And uh, simultaneously, by particular mantras, one can transform one's own realm into a higher realm through the vibration itself. So we can see that uh, where we are now, you are here, is dependent on what you're hearing, what you're listening to, the kind of sound that you're making. So you can turn a heaven into hell or hell into heaven by adjusting the sound vibration in the particular place you're in now. In politics, you're probably aware that the one who rules the airwaves wins. In fact, I heard a pollster, a person who assists people, that is candidates running for office many years ago, say this phrase, one who rules the airwaves wins, it's well known even during warfare, there's an attempt to take over the airwaves. So what people hear convinces them either to give up or to fight for a particular side. And whoever gets control of those airwaves will win because that's what controls the environment is the sound vibration that's within that. And similarly in spiritual life and spiritual practice, the one who controls what he or she listens to wins. This is the main uh, uh, focal point for or uh, the locus of control in, that we have in our life is determining what we listen to. So when we learn about sound and the qualities of different kinds of sounds and the effects that they have on us, and we learn control and discipline in our life so that we can listen to sounds that will take us to where we want to go and transform us into what we want to be, then we advance in spiritual life. So I just made this sentence parallel with the previous one, just as in warfare, you win by controlling the airwaves. So similarly in your own spiritual practice in your life, you'll 
you'll win the fight over the distractions that come from the mind and senses and from the rest of the world by winning control over the sound. And when you adjust that, you'll adjust everything else in your life. Sound is creative and it will create your environment and it will take you to a particular realm according to this kind of sound vibration that you're listening to. Now, before I go to the next few slides, I just have a round of reflections of anything that you heard so far that uh, seemed useful to you or that resonated. You can just unmute and talk about it and it'll help to expand the conversation. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Pranam. Hey, is that Godruma Prana? Yes, yes, Guru Maharaj. The stalwart from New York? Uh, just trying, Guru Maharaj. Uh, <laughs> it's good so to I'm, see you. I was still thinking about that uh, you are here point you made, uh, Guru Maharaj. I was thinking that in, in a mall, in a shopping mall, there's like a big map of the floor and there's so many things going on, but they show you where you're situated. And I was thinking that this material world is also like a big, crazy mall. And when we hear, we sort of get oriented and we are informed that you are here when we hear. So I just wanted to share that. I like that. That's another point also. In the practice uh, that Lord Chaitanya, or as I mentioned before, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu passed on, the teachings that he passed on uh, involve starting with what's called sambandha gyan. It's a very beautiful word. It means our relationship. Our relationship with this world, our relationship with our original divine source. And when we hear about that, we get an understanding of where we actually are. I mean, did any of you honest, be honest now, when you came out of the womb, did you have an idea where you were? Did anybody around you have an idea besides just telling you, you know, hey, you're in New York, little buddy. Or, um, but, but did anybody have a, a clear map for you or an explanation of why you popped into the world, why you were going through what you were going through? Most likely not, but the first stage as Godruma Prana just pointed out in spiritual practices, getting oriented. Where am I? Where am I starting from? How frustrating will it be if you go to that big mall and you look at the sign? It's most likely electronic these days, but you look at it and it has a little red dot that says you're here or it used to and somebody pulled it off, some vandal, and then you, you have no idea where you are. That's very frustrating. And when we don't know where we are, it's very difficult to see where to go, how to get anywhere. So you are here when you hear about where you are. For instance, according to the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a quintessential teaching on bhakti yoga, we're right in the middle of the universe. Isn't that interesting? And just as you might see it in a theater, there's a exit door in theater that you see a, an illuminated sign that says exit here. And similarly, on this particular planet, uh, the Earth planet, there's a there's an exit door. You can get out of the universe through this planet. So that's good. You're close to the exit. Uh, that's um, important to know where you are. 
And also uh, hearing and sambanda, which I'm describing our relationship, we actually, this is kind of shocking what I'm about to say. So if you're more in a passive mood and you don't feel like being shocked, then cover your ears for this next section. If any kids in the room, take them out. Okay, so here it is. There's mentioned in the Vedas that asango hyayam purushaha. And what that means is you don't have anything, you have no real business here in this world. You have no real relationship with the world at all, with this material realm that we're in now. Is that a relief or is that sh shocking to you? Kuladeep Paran looks pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a relief, Guru Maharaj. That's it's good. Huh? <laughs> it's good to know. This is not our place. If you ever felt disappointed and say, this is all I get, just don't worry, this is not yours. You know, some, it's, it's not meant for you. That's what it means. You have no real sangha here. There's, there's like, there's nothing to see here really that's, that's gonna actually do anything for us. And so we don't have a relationship here. We have a relationship elsewhere and we can understand that by hearing. As sambanda. I mean, just hearing about it is a little bit of relief because if I invested all everything I have in this world and then I have the sense that it's going to crumble, it, it's very unsettling, actually. But if I have an idea, in fact, we used to do a play, a, a little skit. It was called, um, I put my money in the wrong bank account. It was about a guy who keeps going and making deposits. And then at the end of the skit, he goes to withdraw it all and it turns out he's been using the wrong number and he put it in the wrong bank account and he didn't have anything. And it, it's a parallel to the investment I make in this world and then it all gets yanked away and it turns out you put your money in the wrong bank account. So really hearing about our relationship with the world and where to actually make your investment is a part of yoga, sambandha. Oh goodness, I've been going on with these monologues. Let's see what uh, what other reflections there are. Look, it's Prikishori. Okay, go ahead. And I think somebody else spoke up too. So we'll find out who they were in just a minute. Go ahead, Priya. So um, when you speak of um, you are here, um, H-E-A-R, and um, the power of sound vibration, um, you know, as a younger person, it was hard to believe that you know, it has that much power, but until you once demonstrated it with a tuning fork and um, you kind of showed us in physical reality how um, sound can actually influence um, that object and um, the frequency at which it was vibrating. And um, that was really telling of how powerful sound vibration is even on the physical realm. Well, thanks for remembering that. I was just thinking about that the other day. Actually, I purchased uh, two tuning forks not so long ago from a science shop. They're two aluminum uh, forks that are mounted on balsa wood uh, boxes. And they, it came with a little rubber mallet. I used to take them to Salesforce and other places to show people in, uh, right before their uh, ears uh, what, what happens. So when you whack one of them, with the mallet, it starts to vibrate at a certain pitch and you can adjust the pitch also. And then uh, the other 
tuning fork, which is adjoined. There are two boxes and you adjoin the boxes. When I grab onto the first tuning fork that I've just struck, thus suspending the vibration, the vibration continues. Where? In the other tuning fork. It, uh, there's a, it's a, a physical science or a phenomena rather called excitation. It means if a, a higher energy comes in or, a, or, or an energy at all comes into another body, it changes the nature of that body. And if it resonates, which is another pr principle, if it resonates, then that means that you'll pick up the vibration and continue it. So yeah, this principle of excitation uh, applies in mantra meditation. And that is we're introducing a higher type of energy that uh, brings us up to a higher level. It gets our vibration going at a higher level. And uh, resonance is important because the mantra itself resonates with our atma. Let me explain atma for a minute. Atma can be described as our body, our mind, or our self, which is, wait for it, not material. It's non-material. It's spiritual. It's different from the body and the mind. The mind's subtle material energy. So the mantra specifically resonates with our higher nature, the Atma, at the level of self, spiritual self, which is who we are. We're conscious beings. And so when you, when you repeat the mantra, then you'll become aware naturally of your higher self because of this principle of resonance. Thanks, Priya Kishori. Who else was it that was trying to get in on the reflections? I was, I was oh, yes, it was Shraddha Dasi. Please go ahead. Bharat um, Dandatanams, thank you so much for choosing such a fantastic topic today. Um, I was thinking about the choice that uh, Kekai made of listening to mantra for two hours or an hour and the results were such a big disaster. That who made? Who, who made a choice to listen to what? Kekai, Kekai made to listen to mantra in the Ramayana. Oh, Kekai, oh, right, Kekai. Actually, that's in my slide deck here. Oh. <laughs> it's just coming up. Okay. I'm glad you gave a, a preview to it. And uh, it's a very important point. Uh, and I'm going to um, go into it deeply in just a minute. Well, semi-deeply. Yeah, and, and I recall that from, from you know your other discourses. You had mentioned that. Yeah, because you what made the, the slideshow. <laughs> the other one with uh, with uh, KK in it. Yeah, thank you very much, Radha. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Oh, yes, it's Radha Kripa. Maharaj, I was thinking about how, um, you know, lucky the people are, you know, those who are, you know, listening and understanding that their, their money is going into the wrong account. You know, if you don't even hear that one, you can waste this lifetime and then you will never ever know that, you know, by the time that you have wasted whole your life. So, I feel really fortunate, you know, whosoever having that, that even little bit understanding that they should not invest in the wrong place. So it's, it's such a, such a revelation. I felt really lucky and happy and, you know, fortunate. You look lucky, happy and fortunate. Um, yeah, we should all do our homework. When you do anything, you should do your homework. Like investing, uh, exercise, health, any science you go into, you want to study up a little bit on it. So 
you know, like if you get the equation wrong, like what's the equation for health? An apple a day, what is the rest? Keeps the doctor away. Yes, very good. Now, how about a Hershey's bar a day? This is Jim Rohn. So if you say, oh yeah, I'll just change it from an apple a day to a Hershey bar a day, you're gonna be in sad shape very fast. Uh, do your homework, get the mantra right figure out what's the, the right thing to do over and over again. So spiritual life is very commonsensical. It means getting your homework done so you understand who am I, what's my ultimate benefit in life, and how to, how to attain it. It's not willy-nilly. It's not just make up anything, whatever you want to do goes. It's actually a science where you figure out what is the way that I can get the uh, what is the best investment on my intention? Attention. We talked about this the other day, the ROA. You're used to ROI, return on investment, all of you investors out there who study finance and investing. What's your ROI? Where am I going to get the best ROI for my money? Well, we, what we want, living entities, all of us together, yay, is ROA the best return on our attention, because that's what we are. We're units of attention. We can turn our attention wherever we wish. That is once we're trained and we have so we feel some control over our life and where we get the best return on our intention. That's the science of spiritual life and uh, mantra. Yes. I just wanted to mention that how thankful we all should be that we can actually hear to the mantra, actually. Um, I have had interactions with uh, several uh, people who are hard of hearing because, you know, I worked as an audiologist. So um, there are people who are devotees. They actually sign the mantra. They don't know what it's mean, it means to be listening to the mantra. So I was just uh, thinking and relating to them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this was given to me by a devotee who's deaf and dumb. And uh, I took him out on book distribution for the first time in the UK. Wow. And he distributed more books than anybody. Nobody wanted to refuse him. Uh, anyway, I got to meet him and his wonderful group of devotees who are deaf and they communicate through sign language. Thank you, Shukeshri, for, for bringing that up. As so determined are they that they uh, translate the sound vibration into like uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you. Okay, are you all ready for a couple more slides? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Niharika's into it. I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. So this is a beautiful scene. This actually is a painting of a, a scene described in the Srimad Bhagavatam the quintessential book on bhakti yoga and devotional service. And it's the meeting of the teacher who's sitting on that high seat 
his name's Shukadev. And his disciple, who's a retired king, he retired recently because he was cursed to die in seven days. And sitting around him are sages who are dedicated to spiritual life. And they all came to hear this uh, dialogue that took place between what's taking place between Shukadeva Goswami and Parikshit, the king. Shukadeva is a teacher. It's a mention in the book itself that was a result of this conversation. There are 18,000 verses. That three kinds of people get benefited from such a conversation. That is the person who listens, the person who speaks, and everybody else in between who happens to hear any of the sound vibration. This is the primary means of advancing in spiritual life according to the teachings of bhakti. It's called shravanam or hearing. And if you dedicate yourself to the process of hearing, even in the beginning, if it seems a bit um, boring to hear, if you keep practicing, you'll break through and you'll start hearing the beauty of it. If in the beginning you don't understand everything you're hearing, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Maya sakta mana parta yogam yunjan marashaya asamshayam samagramam yatagyasasi tachtrinu. He says, Tachtrinu, just continue hearing and you'll come to understand everything. Isn't that miraculous? It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing and it's, it's such a simple concept, but if you can get in front of the right sound vibration in here, you'll become a great sage also. You'll become liberated. You'll, you'll come to enjoy inner happiness just by hearing. So this is the essence of spiritual life. So I, I like, if you'll notice in the painting, the expressions on the sages who are sitting around listening, can you, can you note what, do you describe their expressions? How would you describe their expressions, would you say? Does anybody have any adjectives for that? Rapt attention, Marat. Rapt, that's a good word. It comes from rapturous. And uh, Avanti, could tell us the definition of rapturous or rapture, please. Rapture means a feeling of intense pleasure or joy. Give me a little more. Um, okay. How about wrapped? Okay. Wrapped means completely fascinated by what one is seeing or hearing. Yes, exactly. And completely fascinated. Fascinated means you're 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 connected to it. You're fastened to it. Keep going. And um, there were some other definitions of indicating or characterized by a state of fascination enraptured, filled with an intense and pleasurable emotion, having been carried away bodily or transported to heaven. Hey, transported <laughs> to heaven. Thank you very much. So anything else anybody want to say about this painting? Well, as there are, um, there are two, two um, listeners on the extreme left-hand side <clears throat> of the picture with white beards, one of them is a little taller, one is a little shorter. And the one who is shorter, he's, he's so focused. If you look at his eyes, he's so focused. Yeah. Listening. 
So that's what you want to look like when you're <laughs> leaning in for chanting or for hearing. In fact, there's a description of it in the Srimad Bhagavatam itself that you lean into it. It's like you put your one shoulder down a little further than the other, sort of lean in. And, and actually, this is the, the technique mentioned um, in the very phrase Upanishad. I mentioned Upanishad earlier. Upanishad is a section of the ancient teachings that begin talking about who we really are. And the word itself means to sit up close. The idea is that you're so interested that you want to get right as close as you possibly can. You don't want to miss even half a syllable. You're so interested. And that's how important spiritual life is. It is, uh, it is a kind of um, affliction that I have when I'm, I'm bored. That, in fact, in, not just in spiritual life, but take the idea of uh, Thoreau going out into the nature for a little while. Does anybody read any Thoreau on Walden Pond or any of the um, transcendentalists uh, who wrote about their connection with nature? Anyone? He describes how there's this uh, magical current running through nature. I mean, oftentimes now we've, we're so distracted by electric light and other things that we don't see it. But when you actually get out and you feel that there's a universal force going on, Native Americans were oftentimes, um, you read in their writings and hear about their teachings, they were so in tune with the various forces of nature. They would uh, understand how personal they were and how complete they were and actually worship different forces of nature. And um, so there's this um, Upanishad, going back to Upanishad, there's this uh, power uh, that one gets just by sitting up close and listening. And oh, I was saying about being bored, even in nature or anything that's in our midst, there's never a dull moment. It, it's all actually amazing. But I can become afflicted and covered over with this idea that actually uh, I need some uh, different kind of stimulation. In the meditative mindset, one can sit anywhere and feel uh, appreciative of the environment. And uh, Krishna speaks about this in the Bhagavad Gita about the, the mystic enjoys life from within actually is feeling happiness within. There's a kind of joy that's always there within the heart. So this can be awakened by hearing. Okay, I'm going back in. Is everyone okay? You need, anybody need to stretch or stand up for a minute? Half time? Seventh inning stretch, nothing? Okay. If you do, please feel free. Okay, here we go. Okay, mantra is medicine, an interesting word, medicine, a compound used for the treatment or prevention of a disease. So think how important it is to have your medicine if you really need it. I mean, people, when they travel, they make sure they have their medicines with them. 
so they their health doesn't fail and so forth. It comes from this word med, which means to take appropriate measures. And mantra is a medicinal sound formula. So this is mentioned many places in the teachings on bhakti, but here's one place where it comes up in uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, the word chikitsitam, everyone say chikitsitam. It's a nice word, chikitsitam. Chikitsitam means treated with a uh, medicinal um, substance. And this is a, a verse, spoke of minority, says, oh, good soul, does not a thing applied therapeutically cure a disease which was caused by that very same thing. So we use sound vibration all the time, but it entangles us and if you want to get free from entanglement, then you use the same sound vibration, but uh, it's, a, it's used medicinally to cure you of this boredom of material life. And the, the, uh, all of the concomitant miseries that come along with that. Chikitsitam. So... Spiritual sound is also called vidhunoti. So there's going to be a quiz on this So in just a minute. So please pay good attention. You need me to go back? Okay, I will. Chikitsitam, you got that? It's on the quiz. Everyone have it? Write it on your hand or whatever you need to do. Chikitsitam. It means a medicine applied therapeutically. And here's your other word for the day. Vidhunoti, a great word that's mentioned again and again, Vidhunoti specifically cleanses. It's a cleansing agent. So the mantra itself is both of these things. It's shikitsitam, it's a medicine, and it's also a cleaning agent, Vidhunoti. Don't say I didn't warn you, pop quiz. What is the cleaning agent, the word for that? Vidhunoti. Oh, you're right on top of it. You got it right away, Vidhunoti. So Vidhunoti is, is a way of cleansing the heart. So if you've ever felt gunked up, you know, by all the things you've seen, heard, been through in your life and you just can't shake it, well, you need a vidunoti. You need a cleansing agent. It's the mantra. So have you ever felt ill? Like your the doshas in your body are out of place and you, 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 know, you just couldn't get going in. You felt unhealthy mentally, physically, spiritually. What do you Hare need? Krishna, yes. Hare Krishna. I wanted to share something. Actually, these slides... Um, uh, uh, were very, um, they were very graphic and it, something happened with me today in line with those uh, slides. So yesterday I was listening to, uh, I was actually watching one of my friend's wedding video where there were all uh, material sounds and some uh, songs that we all don't want to hear, but it just came back when I was watching the video and I was just thinking how dangerous hearing can be because when we hear from unauthorized sources and today morning when I woke up, the first thing in the uh, the first thing that came to my mind was that tune and i was very embarrassed by myself that you know how how come that tune stuck on my mind and then somehow after um 
there was a pro morning program where uh, Nirakula Mataji uh, gave a talk and somehow the kids in there were so mesmerizing. And after that, uh, I don't remember the tune anymore. I just remember that mesmerizing Hare Krishna tune. And I was like, wow, it actually cleansed away. And I don't want to remember and don't want to go back to that tune. So uh, yeah, and I hadn't heard that tune like since 10 years and it just came to me and the first thing in the morning I'm doing my japa that horrible material song came and I was very embarrassed of myself and I was just thinking how powerful this mantra meditation is it cleanses everything so thank you for sharing you needed a vidunoti right <laughs> yes <Prabhu. laughs> yeah and chikitsatam well you're prescient what does the word prescient mean somebody please look it up it's a good word does anybody know what it means before we hear the definition. You have about two seconds to say because Vantika is ready to go. Go ahead. Um, I searched it up by mistake. <laughs> I know you did. That's what, that's your that's your job. Okay, go ahead. Um, it means having or showing knowledge of events before they take place. So, Ankita's prescient, and I'll show you why. Are you ready to see why? Here's the next slide. Beware, everything that goes in stays in. And I think that Shraddha is also prescient because she mentions KK and the mantra effect, not the mantra effect, but the mantra, mantra, so first of all, the sound vibrations that go in our ear, they, they end up in our heart and our mind and they stay there, they create impressions. So we have to be really careful. I can remember jingles from when I was a kid. You want me to sing a few? Sorry, can't help you. I know them, but I'm not gonna sing them, but they're in there. And when I get around people from the same generation, you know, we'll say a jingle and we'll all know what it is because it goes in. And sound vibration is very powerful and has an effect on us. It records in there. So just be aware of that as yogis. If you're practicing yoga, one of the main point is be careful of what you're putting in, of what you let in. It's really important. People nowadays, there's a phenomenon called radicalization. People sit in front of a screen and they listen to uh, fanatics talking about a particular subject and they keep listening, listening, and an ordinary person that was just mine in his own beeswax turns into a, another fanatic just by hearing. It's a phenomenon, it's a real thing. And so that things that go in, they have their effect and they stay in there for a long time. The vidunoti will, will cleanse, but don't think I can put anything in, I'll just wipe it right back out again with the mantra <laughs> because uh, we have to also help ourselves. Mantra, who was mantra? She was, uh, a servant in the palace of Kaikei and uh, who was the stepmother of Ram. And just to make a long story short, Kaikei was very happy that Ram was, her stepson was going to be enthroned as the king. But when Mantra began talking to her about how it was against her interest, within just a little while, Kaikei's mind changed. So this goes to this, she was radicalized actually by one person talking to her. So the mantra effect is real and you have to be careful who you listen to, organize your life so that you're around those who are 
high-minded and are making transcendental sound vibration. And then you'll naturally make progress in spiritual life. This is the guarantee given in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Where does it say that? It says, Satam prasangam mamavirya sambido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata tajjoshanadashuapavargavartmani shararatir bhaktir anukramishyati. That's for those of you who are keeping score at home, 325.25. And in this verse, described by Kapiladev, that when you, when you just situate yourself in good association, that is with, with those who are satam, they're serious about spiritual life, you're going to hear the, the transcendental vibration. It's, and it's going to be very beautiful, and it will transform you. How transformative is it? It takes you away from the process of birth and death. That's the ultimate transformative process. And not only that, it puts you solidly, step by step, on the process, in, on the path of a spiritual advancement. That's what the last word means. Anukramishrati means step by step, you'll make advancement in devotional service. So I have a few more slides. Can you handle it? Okay. Everyone okay in Atlanta? I know it's late at night. Yes, Okay. But I deeply appreciate your hair, even though you're past your bedtime. Okay. So this, I must say, is good advice. Even though I made this sentence up myself, it's in line with the Vedic teachings. If you don't like what you're being subjected to, change the subject. Change the channel, change the subject. Don't subject yourself to sound vibration that rots your brain, that makes you crazy, that radicalizes you, that makes you distracted. Change the channel, change the subject. That's your job as a yogi, is to change the subject if you don't like what you're being subjected to. And you should realize that you don't have to be subjected to anything you don't want to be. If And your choice is to change the vibration, change the subject. And sometimes it takes a little while, it's incremental, but work in that direction and you're gonna have all perfection in life. This is when you take on mantra and the life of mantra, not mantra, but mantra, <laughs> mantra you, you get what's called perfective sound. Yes, it's a real word, perfective sound, means it takes you towards perfection. So when you do the mantra, you get the vidunoti and chikitsatam, and it clears the mist of ignorance by this mantra meditation. And so what, here's what you'll discover. Just a few of the, the benefits you're going to get from doing this. First of all, that you're amazing. You are something that is indescribably amazing. And you may be enamored of various people or things in your life, or I just say, uh, have an idea that you need something to be happy, but the best thing you have is you. And that means that you're not your body or your mind, but you're a part and parcel of the original conscious divine source. You have the same quality 
as that divine source has. You are amazing in all ways, indescribably amazing. And best of all, you were born to sparkle. I saw that in a sign at, at Govinda Priya's house in Sacramento, and I took it on my notepad. <laughs> I like that one. You were born to sparkle. And uh, that's what we're born to do is to sparkle. And so start sparkling, everybody. Chant your mantra, get clean, clean your mind and sparkle. Be happy. Don't be bored. Getting started with mantra meditation. Here's how to get started. First of all, become aware that you're a unit of awareness. You can make choices. Become aware of your own awareness. This is important because oftentimes we're just focused on the external aspect of our life and think, I am a engineer, an engineer. I am a fireman. I am a policewoman. I am a whatever. That These are just temporary designations. Become aware that you're a unit of awareness, you're conscious energy. You're, you have nothing to do with the body and mind. How does that make you feel to Dia Seva, Prabhu? You're not your mind, but look, he's happy. You know, I'll just say a few words about this, how happy you become so, so quickly. Um, and that is that, you know, sometimes, when we go out to sell books on, on uh, and meet people, we uh, we distribute books. Uh, it's been a preoccupation of mine, um, in part of my life, major part, and and uh, one of the ways I found of interacting people that is instantly effective is to tell them that they look tell people they look spiritual, and that what happens is they have instant self-realization because when you say you look spiritual turn to somebody next to you in your in your house or apartment and say you look spiritual even if you have a parakeet tell your parakeet you look spiritual <laughs> there's a there's an instant remembrance where you and it's compared to this story that's in the in the vedas so there were these there were these 10 people riding on a boat and they came across the the river and they're all getting off the boat and the the head of the party delegated one of his members to count up and make sure that everybody got off so he counted up so one two three four five six seven eight nine because he forgot to count himself and then uh, he said to the head man, he said, there's a problem. We're missing somebody. There's only nine. So the head guy goes, oh no, we're going to be in big trouble. We left somebody or he said, here, I'll count. He counts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Cause he forgot himself also. And there was a bystander nearby and he, he saw that what they were doing and he noticed the mistake they're making. He came over and he said to them, Oh, excuse me, I don't mean to be rude or be an intruder here, but you forgot to count yourself. And the second that he said that, they realized the truth. They understood, oh, I'm the 10th man. And so in the, in the process of uh, spiritual life, 
there's a way in which um, when we hear the vibration, the spiritual vibration, uh, and, or we're reminded that we're spiritual, like say, you're spiritual. It's the 10th man phenomenon. If you tell somebody that you look spiritual and they go, oh, I forgot. I'm from the spiritual world. And I'm, I've been wasting my time here, birth after birth. Did you ever notice that? That's what people do when you tell them that? Well, maybe not exactly, but uh, some people react like that, but others, they have a spontaneous cognition that, oh yeah, right, I'm not my body. In fact, I've noticed that it helps to calm people down if they're having a moment when they're very agitated, like they're angry or something like that. It's just, uh, yeah, but you're spiritual. Just say, you're spiritual. And then they suddenly calm down and they go, oh, right, I shouldn't be so upset because I'm not my body and I'm not my mind. What am I so disturbed about? It's the 10th man phenomenon. So spiritual life is very direct and the process of, of coming to cognition is not so far away. Okay, a couple more points because we're I think we're running short on time. How late does the Sunday program go to? Sorry, I have to ask. 6.30, yeah, right? Yes, okay, Krishna said yes. Here we go. Now, next one is learn the mantra. So the, uh, the ma mantra is the most important goes Hare Krishna, repeat after me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now you may be thinking, well, I know that mantra, I've heard it before, but don't, don't approach it like that. Think this is the first time I've ever heard it before. Be a beginner. This is one of the great tricks to mantra meditation is start off as the person who doesn't know anything about it. Don't start your mantra meditation thinking like, I know this, I've chanted this before, I'm an expert. All those, thi- all those mentalities will slow you down in your mantra meditation. Pretend that you're just hearing it for the very first time. So learn the mantra and uh, get some chanting beads. I recommend some beads. These ones have 108. Here, I'm coming back. Get a string of beads like this, has 108 beads on it. And that way on each bead, you can chant the mantra. I'm gonna demonstrate for you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now I'm moving to the next bead. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now. You go all the way around. You chant one mantra on each bead. See, I'm moving around quite quickly. It would be slower chanting one mantra on each bead. And I come all the way around to this bead that's protruding. This is the head bead or the Krishna bead. So we stop there. And once you go all the way around, that's 108 mantras. And that's called one round. Everyone say one round. Then you turn around and you go back the other way. And if I go all the way back the other way, chanting one mantra on each bead, how many rounds do I have? 
dose two. Okay, so you can count how many you do every day. And if you, if you stick to a, a particular number, don't go below that, you'll notice that you start advancing in spiritual life because you take control of the sound vibration in your life. And when you do that, everything else will adjust, will self-adjust in your life. Okay, I'm coming to the last couple points for you here. Um, now, uh, practice chanting and listening to the mantra. So it takes a lot of practice to, to get the mind to cooperate and listen, but keep practicing every day. And then you'll have breakthroughs. And this is what you're looking through for is to have some breakthroughs where you experience some happiness in listening to the mantra, where it starts to sound interesting and you'll start to feel effects in your life that you'll, uh, you'll find that the bad habits that you were trying to get rid of and you couldn't, have you ever had that happen? Nope, only me. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll have moments of inspiration because of the mantra when you're chanting and even after you chant. And also you'll be a friendlier person. People will say, why are you so friendly? You were never friendly before. Now you're very friendly. Is it because I'm chanting my mantra every day? These effects come to those who chant the, the mantra. So uh, the process of bhakti is very much centered around sound vibration. And you can transform your life starting now by choosing the sound vibration that uh, is most beneficial for you as a spiritual being and the best of all sound vibrations. In other words, that which is recommended most throughout all the teachings in the ancient wisdom literatures is this Maha Mantra or the Hare Krishna Mantra. And um, if you do that, doesn't matter where you are, you're going to transform your life. And by the way, you're going to influence a lot of other people around you what'll happen. And when you start chanting, at first, they may say, you know, like, wh what are you doing that bothersome thing for? Why are you wasting your time? What's that thing on your hand? Did you break your hand? Uh, why are you walking around and chanting? Are you spreading herbs around here or something like this shaking? They don't know what it is there. But after a while, and they'll notice your uh, good qualities from chanting, they'll come over and they'll say, all right, what are you doing? Tell me, tell me how to do it. I want to know too. And then you can start a little class and you teach a few people and say, bring your friends and we'll, we'll learn how to chant. And then you can do both kinds of chanting. You can do the group chanting and you can also do the, the, the kind of chanting where you do individual meditation called mantra meditation or japa. Now let's just take some final reflections or questions because you all have to go to bed. It's getting late at night. Yes. Look, it's Deva Vrata in Atlanta. Hare Krishna. <laughs> I was just, uh, I've just been, I was reflecting on the story of Gopal Kumar when you were talking about, even if you don't know what the mantra means, when Gopal Kumar first got the mantra, he had no clue what it meant, but he had faith in the mantra and he had faith in the person that got it from. So he just kept chanting it. And then gradually, as he was chanting the mantra, he became more aware of what the mantra actually was and where he was actually trying to attain. And the more he became aware of where he was actually trying to go, 
the more his enthusiasm and eagerness to reach that place became simultaneously. So that was just my thought on the power of mantra. Now, even if we don't know the meaning, the sincerity of purpose is there and the faith is there, everything becomes revealed with due time. Well done. And for those of you who don't know the story of Gopu Kumar, it's available in a book called the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita, available from the, the BBT, or you can call us here. At, I, there, there's a copy. Shredder Devi Dasi, would you hold that up? Please spotlight her. Anybody who would like a, like a copy, please contact us right away, and we will rush you your own copy. There's actually three volumes altogether, and we'll make sure that you get your own personal set of books. Uh, a major portion of the book is dedicated to the explanation of how powerful mantra chanting is, as David Vratha just brought up. Uh, even if you don't know a lot about it, but you get caught up by the association you're in and you think, well, these seem like fairly decent people. They wouldn't mislead me. Uh, they're teaching about this. It seems like they have a tradition, so I'm going to try it. And even if you start from a, a point of not knowing much about it and you just stick to the mantra, it will teach you everything you need to know. Isn't that amazing? What a nice contribution, David Vrata. Thank you very much. Let's have a couple more and then I'll let you all go. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Yes. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Well, great to hear your voice. I'm looking where you are right now. I'm trying to find your square. Oh, there you are. You guys, how, how are things out there on the East Coast, on the Eastern Seaboard? Yeah, it, it was snowing today afternoon for some time. And then, yeah, it uh, went off. And yeah, we are all good. And it's wonderful here. Thank you so much for okay. giving me association of uh, His Grace Lokadhyaksha Prabhuji and Vidarbha Mataji. So I just remembered one thing that when you said about it, a uh, couple of days ago, uh, you know, Lokadhyaksha Prabhu was, uh, and daily we have some session at 7.30 uh, where he takes it for many of the East Coast uh, people and even in India. So he mentioned about, he took about the, he talked about that Nainam Chiddanti Shastrani Nainam Dahati Pavaka uh, you know, was and you know it. It was a very great thing to understand that soul cannot be touched by anything other than sound. And when he said that, did you observe that? What uh, you know, there are five senses of you know human being, and one of them is missing in this particular verse. And we were trying to find out, and we realized that sound is the one that can, that is not there. That means only sound can touch the soul. Rest, everything cannot touch. And, you know, that was a great learning for me. <laughs> and definitely like uh, a realization that, uh, you know, I can change my soul. I can, you know, improvise myself through the sound. And naturally the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the only and only source of it. Hare well done, Yogesh. Ten points for that one. That was definitely a highly usable uh, concept you just passed on to us from Loka Prabhu. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Okay. Well, we've come to, unless there was one, one oh, I know I wanted to ask Balaram Prabhu to just give us a summary. Anything that you remember from the class tonight, try to give us at any kind of... Um, 
a send off? What are some of the points in progression? Uh, some of the main points uh, we started off with um, where we are in this material world and what hearing means, what the sound vibration means um, to us as living beings. And we talked about the power of sound and how um, it can, it, it, it's the, um, it holds the environment. It, it can transform an environment. And we talked about um, what the spiritual sound, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra can do, how it, um, it's, it's a treatment, it's a treatment to our, our disease that we are in the material world. And it cleanses away um, all other things here. And then we topped it off at the end. Uh, uh, we continue talking about um, the Maha Mantra and the process of chanting the Maha Mantra. Um, with attention with, and with beads and uh, all that. And we ended with some really nice reflections of, um, uh, of, of devotees experiencing this process in action and seeing the power of the sound, the, the sound vibration of the Maha Mantra. And I think it was really nice to just get a recap of what mantra meditation means and what we are doing every day, um, chanting, chanting the holy name. Bravo, Balaram. If anybody ever needs to remember what just happened, just ask Balaram. He pays attention and he catches it. Thank you. I'm impressed. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining for the, the today's uh, Sunday. And it's our Sunday program here at ISKCON of Silicon Valley. And um, devotees came from North Carolina. We have Shreya from North Carolina. We have devotees from Atlanta and various places around the country. Anybody from around the world? San Diego, Subhadra is there and um, many others. Sergio is here. Good to see you, I'm Sergio. From, I'm from Mexico. And from Mexico, we have Sergio. <laughs> Hari bol. Welcome. Hari Hari. Well, there's lots more in the other windows here. I'm just cruising through, but um, I could, I'm seeing everybody here. All right. So um, let's end uh, by coming out of mute and everyone can say what uh, great yogis say to each other when they come out of their caves in the Himalayas. They say, Hari Bol. Hey, Marman, 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 Marman,